coming up. This was a tragic and ruthless killing. Um, it, was, it was a senseless, senseless killing. I believe the robbery was planned, and I believe the murder turned into spontaneous. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Yes, I need the police immediately. Okay. I just found it. What did you find? On my, on, on my driveway. Uh, a boy that's been living with my son. Last week, in a rural East Texas town, a woman woke to discover a shocking scene on her property. This happened in Cherokee County in Texas. I'm joined by Mara Lopez, a morning reporter at CBS 19, and J.J. Maldonado, a reporter and weekend anchor at CBS 19 in Texas. All right, so tell me about this crime scene and what was discovered last week. Yes, there was a body in the driveway, and it was actually a, it was on the property, and in that property, there were two different homes. So there was a brick house, and then there was a mobile home behind the brick house, right? So in the brick house, there was this elderly woman who lived there. She was actually walking up to get her morning paper and discovered a body lying there on the ground, and that's when she called 911. All right, before we talk about what else was discovered at the scene, tell us about this area in Cherokee County in East Texas. So uh, Cherokee County is a pretty rural county here in East Texas. It sits about maybe 25, 30 minutes away from Tyler, which is the one of the bigger cities here in East Texas. And where the murders happened, it was a little bit north of New Summerfield, which is kind of closer to Jacksonville, which is the bigger city in Cherokee County. So a lot of those little... Um, I guess towns, you can call them, are pretty rural. The neighbors are pretty spread out. Uh, When we went to go talk to the neighbors in the area, you had to walk maybe about 10 minutes down the road to go see if you could find the next person who lived next door. After this one call comes in, the first call of of this body in a driveway, it, it gets a lot worse from there. Tell us about what police found. Yeah, so after um, the person living in the first home, which her name is Jacqueline Gurla, she phoned um, 911. They dispatched law enforcement to her property. They um, found the deceased person in her driveway. They went to the back home, told her to, you know, they went to go to the back home to investigate. That's where they found three more bodies that were dead in that back home from gunshot wounds. And the woman who called 911, did she witness or hear anything prior to this discovery of a body in her driveway? So that that was another thing, too. So allegedly she was asleep the whole time, and the sheriff said that she didn't hear anything. What do we know about the victims? Uh, Were they related, friends? What do we know about them? So we've got two men and two women. There was an 18-year-old who was found on the driveway. And he was living with a 47-year-old in the mobile home where they found the rest of the three bodies. It, it was apparent that um, they were in a relationship. So it was the 47-year-old man and the 18-year-old who were in a relationship. And then uh, allegedly the other two women that lived in that home, they were also um, in a relationship. Tell me the names uh, and the ages of the victims. The youngest is 18, and that's John Clinton, the one that was found on the driveway. We've got Jeff Gurla, who is the other man who was in a relationship with John Clinton, and he's 47 years old. And then we've got two women, uh, Amy Hickey, who is 39 years old, and she is actually um, John Clinton's mother, and Amanda Bain, who is 39. I mean, what an awful scene. I'm 
guessing that uh, this area probably hasn't seen anything like this in, in a while. Yeah, no, you're correct. So during the press conference, uh, Sheriff Brent Dixon, the Cherokee County Sheriff, had said that this is their first hom- a homicide of the year and their first quadruple homicide that he's had to investigate. And as police start investigating this really horrific crime scene, four bodies, uh, what sort of evidence, what sort of clues do they find and where does it lead them? They found these four bodies, but there weren't really any witnesses and not much to go off of. The only real piece of evidence that they had was that there was a missing Dodge Challenger uh, that the suspects allegedly took off with, which they later did find later that night off of uh, Highway 79, and it was abandoned. So they um, they really were faced with just a lot of difficulties. And whenever I, I talked to the sheriff, he mentioned that it was really um, credited to the community. The community did give him a lot of tips, uh, and they they were able to locate two people. They pulled over uh, a vehicle where two of the suspects were in, and one of them actually ended up turning himself in. Did they give you any indication or talk more about those tips or how they knew to pull over this vehicle that the suspects were actually in? So what happened was um, at 5.30 p.m., um, there was a um, like a, a tip about two people in a vehicle. And so police pulled them over on unrelated charges. Then um, the other one came voluntarily. And then the interviews were conducted to all three. And then upon investigation, one of the uh, men lived at an RV park nearby. And so the um, sheriff's office obtained a warrant and then located his, his mobile home. And then they located even more property that was stolen from the crime scene. Um, they said that they stole clothing items, and then they also stole some other weapons. So how long after the initial discovery of one body are all three suspects then behind bars and charged with crime? After around 6.30 p.m. on that Tuesday, uh, we were packing up and getting ready to leave. And that's when we had heard reports that they had detained two people for questioning. And so we, I phoned Sheriff Dixon and asked him to confirm that information. He said that they did have two people that they were questioning, uh, that they weren't in, they weren't arrested or in custody. They're just being questioned uh, to see, you know, eventually where it would go. Um, and then by the next morning, they had released that they had said that they had arrested three people in a press conference. I think around 11 a.m. that next morning. So I mean, really, this all came together. Assuming these are the people responsible for this crime remarkably quickly. Yeah. I mean, over the course, I guess, of the 24, less than 48 hours, really. So were you all able to talk to people in the area? I mean, there must have been some real concern before uh, arrests were announced and made that there was potentially a gunman or, or more than one on the loose. Yeah, we did. We had another reporter. We had team coverage going all day long. So we had another reporter, our nightside reporter, Sean Delmanese, who was really trying to talk to neighbors in the area, and which is really hard because, like I said, it's a very rural community. Finding neighbors is hard because a lot of it is um, either farmland or ranches, and there's huge gates that border uh, driveways. So the one of the neighbors she was able to find, um, he had told her that he had lived at his property for about 70 years. Nothing like that had ever happened before that he actually really wasn't concerned. He said that he told her he's armed 
and that he's not going anywhere. He's staying put. Have police said anything about a motive or if the suspects knew the victims? The sheriff revealed the motive was a robbery. And at first, everybody was kind of confused. They were like, are you sure it was just a robbery? But that is, that's what the motive is. And so we'll explain here um, why um, that was determined. So we've got the relationships. So if we remember, there was the 18-year-old who was in a relationship with the 47-year-old that was found also dead inside that mobile home. The, there was one suspect, Jesse Pulaski, and he um, met the two on a dating app, and they entered into a polyamorous relationship, is what Pulaski um, said to investigators during his interview. And so that's how they knew each other. And one thing led to another, and the men let them know. So the, the men that are, are now dead, the 18-year-old and the 47-year-old, said that they had a gun and a couple um, that they wanted to sell. Um, and Pulaski was interested. And Pulaski, um, his, he had his two friends who ended up being uh, the other two that were arrested and are suspects in this investigation. He said to them, hey, they're selling a gun. And they were kind of talking about buying it. But really, Pulaski said they never really intended on buying the gun. They wanted to steal it. So that was the reason they came over on Tuesday morning, um, the early hours, to meet up with the 18-year-old and buy the gun. But really, they just intended to rob them. All right. And all three suspects remain behind bars at this point. Yeah. So at this point, uh, we've got all three suspects. They are behind bars. They each have a $1 million bond set. And the, the next steps are just waiting on the indictment and seeing what um, the judge has to say here. Well, we still have several search warrants to conduct today, and we're still going to continue the investigation. Um, we've got them behind bars now, so we can slow down a little bit, continue with the search warrants, continue with the investigation, get all the pieces together um, so the district attorney's office can prosecute them. All right, Mara and JJ, all this must be getting a fair amount of attention in East Texas for something like this to happen. For sure. It's uh, something that does not happen. I'll say that the sheriff and I had a brief conversation um, after the press conference, and um, he definitely, and, and I'll tell you this, Interviewing him, he had this twinkle in his eye. I mean, he he looked like very very nervous, first of all, but also he told me he's like he's never really expected anything like this to happen when he took the position. But he's thankful for everybody that has reached out. I mean, this is a very small East Texas uh, county, so we've got um, it's it's very interconnected. So the Smith County Sheriff reached out to him. The Jacksonville police reached out to him. Other county leaders reached out to see what they could do to help. All right, my thanks to Mara Lopez and J.J. Maldonado at CBS 19 in Texas. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a great review if you like what you hear. And if you'd like to learn more about the show and Vault Studios, check out our Facebook group, Inside the Crime Vault. 